Next up on MMA Minefield, proper Mike Malott and Sir He City. The Maple Militia isn't fucking around. I'm a dangerous, dangerous fighter. I'm well-rounded, I'm complete, I'm confident. I've made, like, 30 walks to the UFC cage. I'm keeping exactly at the right moment. Like, as the fight gets closer, man, like, I really dialed in my fight camp. Well, we had a long time to prepare for this fight. I feel every day I get closer to this fight, man, even with the and everything, I'm just feeling better and better. Like, I just... Subscribe on YouTube. I'm here with Series City. And Mike Malad, I know that you guys have been on the podcast many times. I absolutely appreciate you guys jumping on all the time um, and giving this little podcast in Canada, you know, a little bit of a rub. This is this is it, man. This is the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, obviously, behind besides you guys going for championships in your respective divisions, um, Toronto, your first debut in Toronto. I know you did Vancouver, Mike, but this has got to be surreal and crazy coming full circle for you as a fan. I know it's a question you've answered a lot, but both of you just go back and forth about just the energy, um, maybe even in your gyms, the feel and, and the excitement leading up to the UFC Toronto card. Yeah, man, it's been, it's been a sick preparation. Like we've had a lot of time to get ready for this. This has been a 14 week camp for me. I'd imagine it was at least as long for Siri. We've had a lot of time to for this which uh for me i feel like has been such a blessing i don't feel like you had to cram in as many possible training sessions you know as, as possible on like a five week or four week training camp or something like that like you have lots of time to prepare so i'm going in healthy no injuries my body feels great i've gotten countless rounds in for this one sparring grappling you know we've we have uh, a guy who's got a lot of experience that I'm fighting, and so my coaches have literally hours of fights to watch of this guy. So we have so much footage to, you know, for them to kind of game plan against my opponent. But for me personally, I don't focus on my opponents at all. Like I don't really care what he's going to do. I know what I need to watch out for. I know obviously like what he's good at and 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 things that you know to take advantage of or to watch for. But I'm going to do. I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I go up there and I get stoppages and that's the game plan this time. And just like you, I ask you to talk to me about your excitement of Toronto and you get back to the strategy and the laser focus, which is exactly how you guys should be right now. I only expect that at this point of the the camp and the, the you know, leading up to the event. So Sirhi, for you, I know that, uh, you know, this is going to be your first time debuting, um, you know, besides the Dana White Contender Series, but actually debuting at an event and it's in Toronto. For you, you got to be amped, man. It's going to be hard to sort of manage that and talk about managing that that excitement combined with what Mike's talking about, that laser-like focus. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, my mindset's just to stay super stoic throughout throughout the whole thing, man. Like, it's very exciting. It's very, it's very cool. But at the end of the day, I have a job to do. Nothing changes, man. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do I'm going to get my finish. Right. And then all that, all that other cool stuff will follow along. But man, like I'm just so dialed in right now. You know, I fought this guy before I've made the adjustments. So we've added a lot to this camp, but I've been, <laughs> I've been prepping for this guy since man, since June, since I got the call for the contender series. Right. So I have such a great team around me and uh, we made the adjustments. We made the game plan even better than the first time around. And I'm just excited to go show out and this time doing it in front of my hometown. And and you're no like you you've done this before where you've had to fight somebody you fought and beat back to back. You did that in the BFL, right? So for you, it's almost like a long extended camp. So that has that both you know um, been a little bit of a benefit for you, just sort of staying sharp with it. Because I mean, it's hard to take 
like I, I'm not, once again, I always say it and I always try to drop it wherever I can. I'm not a fighter, but I can imagine after beating somebody and dropping somebody, whether people want to say early stoppage or not, you timed him, you landed, he was going to get finished or he gets finished, whatever way you, people want to look at it. The reality of the fact is you have his number. Is it hard for you to stay sharp going into that, that rematch against him? Um, how do you guys sort of game plan that in your head? No, a hundred percent, man. It's not like I'm like, I know how dangerous this guy is. I know he's a sniper man. And like, you know, it, it has to be a perfect balance of like fear and confidence, man. Like I'm confident, bro. But I also understand the the dangers this guy possesses, man. I'm never taking anybody lightly. Um, I've had two professional <coughs> rematch. Like in my professional career, I've had two rematches. Fuck two guys right two times and uh finish them quicker the second time around both fights man and i truly think it's because i make the right adjustments i, I do my homework and uh, i come out there i get their timing down quicker and i get the job done now mike um going in against neil magny who's a guy who's maybe not necessarily you know this vet legend that would maybe give you that i was a fan of him so i might have that sort of feeling going into the fight like maybe if you fought a robbie lawler or something but he is a vet who's been around for a long time. You know, in the gambling community, it was Neil Bagby. Uh, by decision was a, a thing that people looked at all the time because he is a steady Eddie. But at the same time, there's there's some exposure there. There's there's some there's some holes. There's quite a few holes. And for you, how do you maintain that you're going in against a vet? I know you say you don't focus on your your and, and maybe you'll just answer to this saying that you don't focus on your opponent as much and you let your coaches do it, but the idea that he's a vet, you got to go in with a certain level of respect, but maintain that I'm this up-and-comer who's going to come in and I'm going to take you out. And maybe it's not Magni who will give you that sort of question, but going in against somebody who it's, it's like, you may have that, I'm sure you may even addressed it, that imposter syndrome, almost that moment where you're like, I'm facing somebody who I used to watch on pay-per-views and now I'm going in against them, but I'm also this guy here that's going to take your everything. So how do you manage that or, or do you even manage that or even think about that? No, I don't. I don't have to deal with that at all. I feel like I'm right where I belong. You know, I know I belong in the top 15. I know I belong at the top of this division. I feel like everything's <clears throat> falling into place exactly the way that it should. Again, I don't focus on my opponents very much. You know, you talk about like the guy's tough and, and goes to decisions, whatever. He's going to be, you know, he's, he's tough for some guys to put away. I look at my last five fights, right? All my fights at welterweight. First two guys undefeated. They'd never lost fights. I beat both of them. I stopped both of them and I submitted them. I was the first one to beat them, first one to stop them, first one to submit them. Both in the first round. Next fight, I fight Mickey Gall. Kind of in some ways a similar fight to this one where it's a, a grappling heavy guy with decent striking who's a vet who's come up in the UFC and got a ton more experience than I do. Right. And I was making my UFC debut in that one. <clears throat> no one had ever knocked him out on the feet. I knocked him out on the feet. Next fight. Johan Lainez, super tough fighter, never been submitted before, took him down, submitted him in the first round, got out pretty much untouched in that fight. You know, same with contender series. I didn't get hit in my contender series fight. Then with my last fight, didn't really get hit in that fight. Guy landed like a couple brushing push kicks and that's about it. Guy had never been submitted. I dropped him and strangled him in the second round. So you talk about like my opponent, like I don't really care, man, because if you look at what I've done in my last five fights, there's no reason to think I should have beaten those first two guys because they had never lost. There's no reason to think I knock out Mickey Gall because he'd never been knocked out on the feet. Same with submitting Johan Linus and Adam Fugit. Like, I don't need these guys to have lost in the same way that I can beat these guys. Like, I'm a dangerous, dangerous fighter. I'm well-rounded. I'm complete. I'm confident. I've made 
like 30 walks to the UFC cage. So while this is only my fourth fight for the UFC, this is really like somewhere around my 30th walk to the UFC cage alone. I've done 30 plus fight weeks with the UFC. I've gone to those hotels. I've gotten on the planes. I know the UFC staff. Like I know what fight day feels like. I know what the weigh-ins feel like. I know the cadence of the week. Like this is not new to me. So, you know, while this guy has a lot of decision wins and has experience, whatever, like, I don't really give a shit, man. Like, I'm going to put you away. I strangle people. I drop people. I knock people out. I'm well-rounded. I can put this guy away any way I want. And I think I've got this dude covered everywhere. And, and notice I use the word imposter syndrome and the idea that you're going back to you being a fan versus the, the fighter and thinking from a fan standpoint, like that kid that was at 129 type thing. And you take it and, and run with an edge on it and give me a long two-minute clip of you destroying the world. And that's absolutely what I wanted. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thanks, bro. No, Siri, um, with your fights, uh, I, I know that your opponent comes in with that boxing style and come and, and, and be pretty explosive. You're able to still stay outside that, you know, stay outside the pocket and just sort of land and, and just, I, you know, I've talked about this and I always say the measured pressure thing and whatever else, but you just have an ability to sort of stay just outside the pocket. You know, if a guy does hit you or touch you, it's very, very, like, it's nothing to it. It's grazing. It's not really anything with that of impact. And then you just land. You, you have long, that long range, your length. It, you just come in and, and you're able to land. And it's beautiful to watch. Now, I'm going to give you guys my, my quick breakdown. I just want to see your reactions to it of both your fights. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say, you know, I, I like the inside the distance for you, Siri, because it's been done before. But I almost think that if he goes to the ground and doesn't go out right away, Someone's jumping on a back. Someone's jumping on a neck. Someone's taking a sub. And I think that Siri's going to make a point no matter what. So I, I, that's something that I'm going to be sprinkling myself, but I can see it. I keep seeing a submission. I know obviously you're not going to say, you know, what you guys are looking at. and You should have let the fight come to you. But um, for me, you were actually one of my plays of the week. Um, I think, you know, you're undervalued at the cash that you're at, you're like minus 170. I know you guys don't look at that at all. But, uh, you know, I think you should have been much more of a favorite considering you've already finished the guys. So. Um, it wasn't much of a question, but more just throwing out the, you know, the breakdown there for you. Mike, Neil Magny, that guy likes to get subbed. He, he really, he does like to get subbed. And he leaves his neck out at points, and he also doesn't respond well to big power. Um, he has this sort of awkward sort of fallback thing when he gets hit, and I've talked to you about that before, but I just, I, we, we called the sub on the, on the podcast. I think there's going to be a lot of Canadian subs. I think even Jasmine's live for a sub. Priscilla Cachuera leaves her neck exposed all the time. And while Jasmine's not somebody to hunt it down, um, I'm definitely excited about that fight. And I think she has a, an advantageous situation. Um, talk about the rooms. Has there been new people coming into town that you can even talk about? Um, talk about the energy. And I, I can imagine it's only been crazy. I remember what it was like at UFC 129, the, the rooms and Extreme Couture, um, you know, Grand Brothers and how it was. How is it now at your gyms um, moving into the UFC card? It's been awesome, man. We've got, uh, we all train together at Niagara Top Team once or twice a week. And then we've got another gym uh, I train with uh, Syriad in uh, Burlington, Burlington Training Center. And just feeling the the energy in the rooms, because it's not just the, the UFC fight coming up. We've got Unified the night before, and we've got a bunch of teammates that are fighting on that card. So there's a lot of intensity in the room. There's a lot of fight energy and and i feel like we all build off of each other's intensity and and we all you know 
push each other because nobody wants to lose a round when you're in fight camp. You know, everyone's everyone's on edge and and uh, everyone's sharp. So we're all helping each other grow. Obviously, you know, I'm a welterweight and series of bantamweight, so we don't train together one on one very often. But just having that intensity in the room, having that intention in the room having all the coaches laser focused or training partners know their roles. Like they're, they're showing up to give us hard rounds because they know that like these guys have to be ready. So I'm not going to be slacking. So they're training hard. Like it's, it's a, it's a cool time right now. I love having these group training camps for these fights. We did it in Vancouver. We're doing it this time. Jazz and I did it for the fight in Las Vegas last year uh, when we both got wins. So, you know, so far, that's that's two back-to-back fights where I've been on cards with Canadians where all the Canadians won, right? Jazz and I won on the first one, and then all the Canadians won on the next one. I don't see why it would be any different next weekend. Siri? Yeah, 100%. Like, that that intensity in the room, man. Like, I remember last Saturday showing up to sparring and, you know, had a couple guys that also have, have fights coming up, man. And, like, bro, I started prepping for that the night before, man. I got in my plunge. I got in my sauna. I did my visualization. I went to bed early. I woke up, you know. Like, I did all my routines, man. Like, and I love it, man, because I, the, pu- the push I got last week, man, like, the, the hard rounds I got, man, that gives me the confidence. That definitely gives me the, the, the confidence that, like, you know, we're, we're, I'm ready for for whatever whatever is going to happen on that day. Um, everybody's dialed in, man. Like, like, like Mikey said, man, there's a unified card, so I spar with a couple guys from there. Then there's, like, a samurai card, like, two weeks after, so those guys are dialed in, man, but... Like you walk the in first the- smile, sorry to cut you, but the first smile I've seen from both of you that's like, I see a genuine smile. You guys are thinking about fight camp and like being in the middle of it as you guys are probably exhausted too. So I appreciate that. No, no, it's awesome, man. Honestly, like I feel like also another thing is like I'm peaking exactly at the right moment right now, dude. Like as the fight gets closer, man, like I really dialed in my fight camp and my nutrition. I do truly think it's uh. What Mikey said before, we had a long time to prepare for this fight, so things didn't get crammed in, and I was able to, you know, push hard, take a week off, push hard, deload, and, like, I feel every day I get closer to this fight, man, even with this weight cut and everything, I'm just feeling better and better. Like, I just finished practice recently, and I felt so sharp, so focused, so dialed in, man. Everything was snappy. Everything was quick. Timing was on point, and, uh, yeah, dude, just excited to go out next week and perform, man. I can, awesome. I can I can corroborate his story, man. He was throwing down last Saturday, man. He straight up fought in the cage in, at BTC. I was like looking up at the other coaches. I'm like, yo, is somebody going to tell these guys to dial it back a little bit? He straight up had a fight. They all got out all right. So, I, you know, but I was like, holy shit, man. These guys are fucking fighting in the gym today. I said 80%. Was real one. That was, that, was, that was some intense sparring to watch. That was sick. And but the intensity, it's got to be so valuable. And I know that Mike, you just mentioned, like, like uh, when uh, the UFC comes to a town, I can only imagine the gyms just sort of level up so much. Like we have Dana White Contender Series, or sorry, Dana White uh, looking for a fight coming to Unified um, the night before. There's so many like Powell's got a shot. There's so many people that have big fights coming up. We got Gene, Gino's coming up in February, sorry, but we have so many fighters coming up. Um, so it's got to be sort of a, equivalent to even almost like a championship camp. And they talked about, you know, being a champ and being through those camps where everybody comes to you, where it's like the room is just so high level and it just levels you up every time you go in. So talk about that camp to camp. Like, how has it been? Um, I know I always talk about, like, you know, the Agri Top team. I talk about Agus. I talk about, you know, Southern Ontario. But talk about how the camps are just leveling up more and more with each camp. With more, with, with Siri going to be in the, or being in the UFC 
it, it levels up his camps. It levels up everybody's camps and, and talk about that itself. So for this camp first, like I said, we've got a bunch of guys, obviously on the UFC card, but on the unified card as well. So we've got uh, Zach Powell is one of my main training partners. He's now co-main event for that fight. Pat Pitlick is one of my main training partners as well. He's on that, he's on that card. Uh, Dorian is on that card. So we've got three guys fighting on that card um, at least uh, that are like some of my main sparring partners. And then uh, my other, obviously, you know, main sparring partner is like uh, Aaron Jeffrey, who's supposed to basically fight for a, a middleweight, uh, the Bellator middleweight title next. They better give so, him that. Dude, they better give him that. So it's elite level guys getting ready for fights and another guy who's going to be probably getting ready for a world title fight. Like this is the quality of the room right now. We've got very high level guys. Excuse me. The unified guys are knocking on the door of, of the UFC. There's Dana White's looking for a fight. So there's a very realistic chance that Pat Pitlick, Zach Powell, or both get signed to the UFC the night before I fight. Like there's some really high level guys fighting in this area. Siri just got into the UFC, which like I've been saying for years, this kid's going to be the next kid in the UFC. And like, it doesn't end with Siri. We've got a solid group of guys coming up that are going to be in the UFC soon. And uh, Cody, Cody's making a splash too. Cody's Cody, making, I can see on, he, he's trying to get on uh, what he wants to get on either Dana White contender series or at least get on the ultimate fighter. So he was, he was trying to get on that unified card as of, uh, as of a couple of days ago still. So he accepted a fight. The other guy turned it down. Um, but yeah, man, he's, you know, he was trying to fight next weekend. That kid's a little killer. Yeah. Cody Kavanchek, that kid's a, kid's a beast. Um, I think our, it'll start with our area breaking through even more, getting another few people from this area into the show. And then from there, I think more people are going to move out. So we just had one of my main training partners, uh, Keenan Keller moved out. I, I've trained with him a lot for this fight. He's a middleweight, long, tall, he's six, five, like 78 and a half inch reach. Like guys, a mutant right like guys long as hell um so we've we were starting to have people like move from other provinces and start with the guys moving from like gatineau and and northern ontario and now guys moving from other parts of canada and i think it's gonna translate to people moving internationally and realizing that this is one of the best areas for fighting in the world and uh i think guys are gonna start start coming like i think it's just gonna build itself and snowball where it's like our guys get the recognition they deserve so people from elsewhere come which brings even more recognition once they make it then more guys in this area and it just like snowballs snowballs and and uh, i saw a lot of that at alpha male where it started with the local guys it started with you know faber and and danny castillo and and you know joseph benavidez moved out and those guys having success so then guys like me moved out and then you know guys like feely and josh emmett from the area started getting better and they got in and then even more guys moved to town you know cody garbrandt moved in like we had a lot of high-level guys move to the area and it just kind of snowballed until like now it's, you know, 10 years later, it's still a world-class gym. I see that something very similar happening with uh, with this area in Niagara, top team specifically. Yeah, Mikey told me this years ago, man. I remember him literally saying that, man. Like, And I the, the talent in this room is rising and, you know, just seeing these guys do it, it, it makes it be like okay, this 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 can happen, and the whole like the whole room levels up, man. I see it at Aegis, I see it at NTT, you know. I see everybody getting better. Like 
Like, I'm like, damn, am I getting better? These guys are still kicking my ass every day, but it's just the whole room's getting better, right? But, and he told me this, he told me this years ago, and I, like, because, and, and, you know, I think you, you were in and out of Alpha Male at the time, but you're like, yo, this, this is the hub, bro. This could be it. And, man, ever since that conversation, I believed in it as well, and it's fucking manifesting itself for sure now. And it's still going on. I mean, you guys are still training um, with other, you, you know, up and coming fighters in the gyms. That you're, you're. I think you're Siri up to this point. You're still even coaching kids' classes at points, right? So yes, when you're training and you're being a coach for the up and coming generation, I know there's a lot of guys at NTT as well too. It's that's the magic. That's where it is. The people, the shit that the work that people don't see that eventually comes out to posters on UFC cards and and you know things of this nature. It's exciting because. Excuse me for one second. It's exciting because, you know, uh, you guys see the reels that I put out, the videos I put out. I've been around since MMA day when we went and marched on Queens Park to get it legalized in Ontario. I went to MMA The Reckoning. You know, I, I've, I've been around for a long time and seen this sort of start. And although I wasn't a fighter and been a part of it, I got to sort of look at it from a scope and watch the work of, of some of these guys that have built gyms and built communities and then you guys have been the result and it's levels and levels and generations later that this has now become a hub and and mike it's like you're saying everybody's going to want to come train here now mm -hmm. it, it, i've never like it, it's exciting because it was always gsp and then everybody else although they were amazing fighters they were on this you know it, was, it didn't feel like anybody would really crack into every division mm -hmm. and, and take a belt it doesn't feel that way right now i feel mm -hmm. like there's a movement that's going to happen where you're going to see canadian champions and uh mm -hmm. it's absolutely exciting as a fan obviously i'm a, a hardcore fan but for me, it's it's pretty fun to see. So um, I know you guys are laser focused, but with the week coming up, who is a fighter that you hope to maybe run into? I know that it's not, you know, your focus is on the fight and everything else, but somebody who maybe you haven't seen, Mike, I know you've met a lot of the fighters. Uh, maybe this is more for Siri, but someone that you wouldn't mind even sort of chopping it up with for a minute or, or seeing backstage or whatever. You go for it, Siri, because I could care less. Yeah, I, I, I could care less, man, to be honest. Fair enough. Oh, but. Bob, bro, I want to see Sean Strickland in real life, bro. I want to see how they do Yeah, but yeah, honestly, man, it, it doesn't matter to me at all. But, you know, I think he's an entertaining guy. So if he, if I have to answer that question, and there's one guy, I'd be, I'd, it'd be Sean Strickland for sure. Mike, you may be in for an interesting uh, – well, it all depends on how they do the press conference. Siri, you may, you may be up there as well too. But um, with Sean Strickland in the press conference in Toronto, it is just – I think they did this on purpose. It's like gasoline on the fire. Every topic, every wokeism, we, we know what the Canadian media is like. This is going to be absolutely crazy. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I don't want to hold you guys up any longer. I've already taken a bunch of your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited for this one, man. Uh, we've broken everything down. On, like I said, Siri, you're one of our money line picks of the week. Mike, you are a, a parlay with Jasmine. So we're pretty excited for that. And, uh, Man, I'm I'm just excited to see some of the other fighters on the card as well too. I think Johan Johan's been one of my picks all week. Patterson's gonna get knocked the fuck out. I think I think that's a mm -hmm. advantageous situation for him. Um, but anyways, I will leave it there. MMA minefield. Thank you very much, Series City. Go in and just do what you did before. Times ten. Put an exclamation mark on it. Stop the referee. Don't even let him stand in and just drop him and, and tell everybody to fuck off after at the end. But really appreciate both of your time, Mike. Just go in there and uh, keep the path, man. Love it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. All right, guys. Cheers. Thank you very much for your time.